What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Thank you for tuning in, as always. We have a fun one for you today. We sit down with country artist Grace Lear, living down in Nashville. She was an American Idol Top 10 uh, 2020 finisher. So that's, you know, kind of gave her a nice little launch pad, but she's been doing music her whole life since she could walk. Grew up in California, then moved to Nashville. She walks us through. She was working a nine-to-five job to help kind of fund her dream job of being a full-time music artist, uh, singer, songwriter. So she worked to help fund the band, their gigs, keep them rolling. And then she walks us through her American Idol experience. Uh, she's had a couple of them, actually. And so she walked us through both of those and, and what that did for her and how that was able to help her commit full, uh, full-time to her passion and, and music career. And then she talks about the process of kind of negotiating with record labels, how that uh, whole process works. Tim and I obviously aren't aren't as in tune with how a record label might might go about finding their artists and, and signing them. So she kind of walks us through that that process, which was interesting to hear. And uh, you know, she was kind enough to let me throw some Matthew McConaughey impersonations in there along the way. We talked a little green lights, uh, so so we have a lot of fun. Tim, what do you think about our interview with Grace Lou today? Yeah, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was, it was, it was so cool hearing her story. And um, I mean, American Idol—it's it's a, it's a fun program to watch. But hearing someone explain like the behind the scenes, what goes into it, and hearing her discuss that and the, the obstacles she had to overcome with with COVID last year with it, because they had to make some huge changes. So it's interesting hearing that. Uh, we talked a little bit about like our different morning routines. Uh, I know she explained like, like her writing process as well, kind of. How, how she locks in, how she focuses. And then we also asked Grace about like what motivates her with her singing, what motivates her with her music career, what drives her. Um, so we, we really hear about that. And I thought that was interesting and in, in hearing how she connects with her audience because it's very important to, to outline. And then lastly, we, I mean, we, we want to ask Grace, like what makes a hit song? Like how is she kind of navigating that process and knowing what, what could be, um, a great song on what could be an average song so we kind of just talked through with that and then she gives us or one of my friends advice on how to improve vocals <laughs> and how to, how to be a better uh better musician so that was, uh, <laughs> and then we asked about uh dream musical collaborations and then our, our classic question being how she wants to be remembered so i think regardless if if you're a musician if you're in any type of professional that's looking to maybe break away from that 99 to five and, and, and pursue something bigger than yourself. Like Grace is an embodiment of that. So I, I think this, this is a good episode for, for those people or anyone just, just chasing their dreams in general. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, episode 155, with Grace Lear. So uh, tell us kind of like your background, how you got started. So people that don't know who Grace, Grace Lear is, oh my goodness. Um, Grace Lear band. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Grace Lear. Um, I'm 29. I'm from originally Danville, California. Um, so I was born and raised in Northern California. Danville is like 45 minutes from San Francisco. Um, it's in the East Bay. And then I moved to Nashville. Um, it'll be four years in May. So coming up on my four years in Nashville, which they call Nashville a 10 year town. And um, it's been, it's been a journey, but I feel like for me, the journey started like way before I even got here. Um, 
So I don't know. I started singing at a really young age, um, probably six years old was I did a talent show and absolutely fell in love with the stage. And I mean, I've always loved to sing. I was always annoying my brothers and sister. <laughs> I'm the baby of four. So I was always yelling, you know, s- screaming songs and, and singing all through the house. And my sister's like, shut up. <laughs> like, stop singing the same song. Okay. Do you know any other song besides Somewhere with the Rainbow Grace? Like sing something else. Um, yeah, anyway, so I just started singing at a young age, but I also played soccer competitively um, growing up. And then I played college soccer. And then kind of did the whole, like, this is like an overview, but um, we can get into the nitty gritty of the details. But I think like the the balance of being an athlete and a musician and having these two big passions, I think I always knew that music was like the number one, you know, and, and I knew that soccer kind of had a timeline. I wanted to play collegiate soccer. So I played at UC Berkeley and then graduated and did the whole classic, like, uh, wait, what do I do now? Like I got my degree and I played soccer, but I want to sing, where do I get started? So I moved back home and started a band in San Francisco. And then we moved out here to Nashville. Um, and then I did American Idol. So it's been kind of That's awesome. crazy. Yeah. So you had the same band from, uh, San Francisco come to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. So I met That's this cool. guy, uh, Kyle Klaus and he's an incredible songwriter and, we just met through a mutual friend and he kind of got me into this old school country music. I grew up on, I kind of grew up on everything. I was like a nineties baby. So mm-hmm. I grew up on everything from like Britney Spears to Shania Twain. And in terms of country, like the chicks and Jody Messina and Leanne Rimes and all those like big female, you know, powerful voices, um, amazing melodies. Like I, just am obsessed with 90s country. Um, but then Kyle had this whole, he grew up on like Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash and, um, you know, Patsy Klein, which I love too. But mm-hmm. we kind of had this cool mix of like old school 90s country. And he just, he's not a singer. He'll, he'll be the first one to tell you he does not sing. He's just an amazing writer and he can play guitar and bass and he, he's awesome. So we just kind of started writing. And at first I was singing his songs that he was writing and then he kind of, we started writing together. And I remember him saying, you know, I could, we, we can start a band. And I was like, we're not going to start a band. Like, you know, no. And then he called me up one day and was like, Grace, I got us a fiddle player. And then the next day, <laughs> I got us a bass player. And I was like, okay, we're starting a band. Like, all right. And I remember our first gig was at this, the only country bar in San Francisco. It's still there. It's called Jackson with an X. And I had called them up um you know just kind of being my feisty self like I needed to get on stage and I called them they were new and I said hey do you guys have live music and they go no and I was like do you want live music and they were like I mean sure like send us your stuff so that was our first gig and and we didn't have rehearsal Kyle showed up with his guitar and this bass play stand-up bass player and a fiddle player and then me and we didn't even like rehearse our songs we just started playing they like awesome. built they like put us in this corner that was a stage and yeah, but it was awesome. And then it just kind of kept building from there. Um, and I just remember after a year of doing that, we were at rehearsal and, and I think I was just kind of getting that itch, you know, I was 20, gosh, I think I was 23, um, and 23, 24. And I just remember being like, I'm getting, I'm getting a little too comfortable here. Like I've only lived in California. I've only lived in the Bay. You know, I went to school 30 minutes away from home and 
um, I just needed a change. You know, I needed, I needed to get out of my comfort zone. I wanted to challenge myself. Um, and I knew that Nashville, you know, you meet anyone and you say, I want to do country music. They say, you got to get to Nashville. You have to be in Nashville. And so we just kind of, I looked at him rehearsal and I said, Hey, I, th I think I want to move to Nashville. And we kind of, he kind of looked around at the rest of the band because they were great, like great musicians, but Nashville's full of them, you know? And, and yeah. it was really Kyle and I's like partnership that surrounded the band. So um, he said, I'll go with you. And he's kind of a hippie. He like had no idea. He didn't have a job lined up. He didn't have it. I'm so type A. I was like, I'm going to need a job. I'm going to like need to do all the math in terms of like how much I need to save to get out there. And I was like coaching soccer and babysitting and like saving up all this money to get out here. And he was just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to drive there, you know, sometime in June and I'll figure it out. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, when we got to Nashville and then we kept doing the band thing and went out every night that we could to just hear live music and, and, you know, meet people and would just go up to people and say, Hey, we just moved here. We have a band. Do you want to play with us? Um, or hear our music. And I was emailing every place in town that would just let us come and play. Um, mm -hmm. and we didn't get paid like right. at all. So I would lose money. Cause I'm somewhat, I'm like, I have to pay my musicians. I want them to keep playing for me. So I was actually losing money every time I played a gig, which was really funny. But thankfully I had, I did get a, a nine to five sales job when I moved here to, which is, I think that fear of not, I don't know the the fear of, oh gosh, if I, if I immerse myself completely in this, what, you know, what happens if I fail? Mm -hmm. So I got the safety net of a job and a steady paycheck. And would, I remember crying to my dad so many times going into that office just because I hated it. I just wanted to do music all day. That was always my biggest goal when I moved here. Um, and I'm so grateful every day now that I, I get to do it. I'm, I quit my job around American Idol. Actually, when I got eliminated on American Idol, I called my company and I quit and didn't know what I was going to do. But I'm the happiest person now that every day I get to go to sleep thinking about music and I wake up getting to do music. I get to do what I love. It's, I mean, it's the ultimate thing. So I'm very lucky. Well, I think having, having a job is like, you had to figure it out. You had to pay people. Like you still got to live, right? We need money. Yeah. Um, but it's that other reaffirmation of, okay, I still hate this. It's like music didn't, didn't change like that. That drive didn't waver. It's like, okay, now I need to still get out of this because music is the thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, there's still a blessing and reaffirmation of, okay, corporate is not where I'm going to be, but it's, yeah. it's floating my dream right now until yeah. that figures itself out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are in that position where they're working a nine to five and they're doing, whether it's a side hustle, if they're doing something they eventually want to make full time. Do you want to describe maybe like what that was like kind of balancing those two things and maybe the biggest thing you learned doing that and making that transition. And maybe that'll eventually lead into the American Idol story, but uh, <laughs> maybe you want to explain like how you're able to balance working nine to five because I'm sure it does take a lot out of you during the day and then still having that energy left over to, to dedicate to your true passion. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I think the balance, I, I learned a lot from playing soccer. I mean, mm -hmm. playing college soccer, you have to balance your social life with your academics, with your training, with your, then one-on-one -on -one training with your coach and um, your mental toughness and, and all that stuff. Um, so I think 
I think I learned at a really, it goes all the way back to when I was a kid and my calendar, I remember having this calendar, you know, handwritten calendar. And, and even in like fifth grade, I had, um, you know, state cup championship. And then right after I'd sing the national anthem at a giants game. And then the following weekend I had a birthday party. And then I had, you know, this, this test was due on this date. And it was like a compilation of all these little things that I was. And so I think at a young age, I had to learn time management. I had to learn balance. I had to learn how to, you know, whatever I was doing at that moment, I, I wouldn't call, I'm not the best multitasker. Um, but I'm just someone who, if I'm doing something, I, I can't half-ass it. Like mm-hmm. I just give it everything. So with doing the nine to five being in Nashville, I didn't, you know, I didn't hate sales. Like I was learning a lot. I, I, I liked it. I was good at it. You know, I'm competitive. Um, but I think, I think it was just knowing that the paycheck I was getting from that job was supporting my music because I was getting that paycheck. I was able to, you know, pay someone to do, do my website, um, you know, pay for ads on social media to record our music, to pay my musicians. So it was helping support what really is my passion. Um, but then at the same time, it, it, it was draining, you know, so I would go in at 7am. Um, and then I would be like, I would be making calls. And then anytime my manager was like, not around, I was working on a poster because we had a show coming up that weekend. And I, I would awesome. always do the artwork for the poster to be like awesome. closing windows and like hiding them. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's so bad, but like, you know, I mean, that just shows how much I was just all my mind was always on music. Even if I was trying really hard to just be good at my job that I was getting paid to do. But anyway, I think it was draining also because I would be doing that nine to five. And then, yeah, my, my normal schedule was, you know, every so often I'd work all day, get off at five, go meet Kyle. We would write. Um, and then sometimes we'd have band rehearsal and then I would always have to put my shows on the weekend because just with work, that would just be a lot. So, um, shows were on the weekends, rehearsal and writing was always at, in the evening, which Kyle would get mad at me. Cause he's like, Grace, you can't have this job. And if you look at it now, like what I'm doing now, Monday through Friday, my rights start at 11 AM. Like the musician, the artist and musician songwriting lifestyle is daytime like because Mm -hmm. the nighttime I mean COVID is happening right now so shows are not really a thing but normally you would be writing all day or rehearsing with your band and then the night even during the week you'd have writers rounds or gigs or whatever so it's um he would always you know give me crap for having this nine to five um because he'd be like, we'd clash about, well, when can everybody rehearse? Oh, well, this person has a gig tonight, so they can only do during the day, but you don't get off work until five. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was hard, you know, but at the same time, I think, um, I think it was good because I was just learning, I was still developing and I was still learning and growing and coming into my own, even as an artist, um, which, which then gets to the American Idol stuff because I, a lot of people don't know that I actually auditioned for American Idol the season prior to last season, and I didn't make it past the producer audition, um, which is really weird. And then the following year, I make it to top 10 and come out with a record deal, which is just, just shows you that you don't know what life has planned for you. And sometimes you just need to kind of like, let it be and just know that the timing is, is working in your favor. But 
I remember that first audition that I didn't get through. Um, I think I, I still was trying to be, I don't know. I think I just didn't know who I was. I think I was, I was always a, a singer, you know, like I've been singing since I was six years old. I, I can sing, but I think there's so much more to being in Nashville and how competitive it is and just finding your thing and finding what makes you, you and not trying to fit a mold and not trying to go. in. I remember I sang like, God, what song I, I sang like a really hard song and I honestly can't even remember what it was. Um, but I remember I sang it and it was like, not me. I just thought, oh, well, if I sing this song, that's a really hard song to sing. And I prove that I can sing it. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe I'll get through. And I didn't because mm -hmm. I think it came off, you know, inauthentic. And I think it came off not really showing what my strengths were, but trying to be something else. So the next year I actually went in, they asked me to come back and audition. I almost didn't do it. Um, and I brought Kyle with me and we sang an original song. We did a Dixie chick song. I think we even sang another original song. Cause I think I just, it was just, I knew what I wanted to be and I knew who I was and I knew the type of music I wanted to do. And I just, I wasn't going to apologize for it, you know, and it worked in my favor. I think they, they saw that they saw something different and, or, you know, it is a casting call. So who knows? It's like, they're also just making a TV show. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think just what, what worked for me during American Idol was constantly reminding myself that there's only one me that I can only be who I am that I can't compare myself to anyone else. Um, because I, I mean, like I, that, that's, I just kept saying that. And I remember in Hollywood week is the first taste, um, which first, you know, first I had the audition with Katy Perry, Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan, and then you get your golden ticket and you go to Hollywood week. And I remember during Hollywood week, that's the first time that you start seeing other people because your first audition, it's just you, you don't hear other auditions. Um, so that's the first time that you're sitting in the Orpheum theater and, and um, you know, you're watching people go up and sing and you start to say, oh gosh, they're really good. Oh, that's a really good song. I didn't choose that song. Oh, oh my God, they play guitar. Like I didn't, I don't play guitar. So you start comparing and you get in your head and you start to doubt yourself. And I remember, I just remember watching people and I kept having to say, and thankfully my dad was there to remind me too, but I think it was just constantly just sticking with my guns and just being like, nope, don't change your song. You know, don't, don't try to be, you know, overdo it. Just be you up there and be confident and do something that feels good. And yeah, that was, that was a crazy week though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I won't lie, but yeah. So you said you had to, from the, your first audition to the second, more authentic. Mm -hmm. um, what other kind of, of changes to your performance, your writing, uh, did you see go on after that first audition? Where it's like, all right, you know, that, that wasn't me. Like, what other things did you do differently with the rest of your- Oh, between music? like this season, I didn't make it mm -hmm. to the next? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think, well, I mean, I think the- the only big difference, I feel like everyone asks this question. The only big difference is that I, um, I broke up with my boyfriend I was with. So I ended a relationship that was long distance that I think was, I didn't know it at the time, but I think it was slightly holding me back. Um, 
because I think I, I was trying, it's like I was half, half in Nashville, half not. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was like, I, I, I was, I was in Nashville. I was, I was still writing. I was still performing. You know, I still was doing what I love, but then I still had this identity to be a girlfriend. And I was planning these trips to go see him. Um, he lived in a different state and then like planning, you know, I don't know if you've done long distance, but it's like a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of looking forward. And then it got to the point where there really was no future with us and it was fine. And there was no, nothing wrong with what happened. But, um, I think there was something that changed in me when that relationship ended that I think just allowed me to just completely immerse myself here and just fully get to know grace and get to know like who I was here alone, like without distractions, without worrying about someone else. I don't know. It sounds selfish, but I think sometimes, I think sometimes it's good to be selfish and sometimes it it takes to just be alone. And it was hard, you know, like, you get lonely. And I remember I had a friend tell me that she said, you're gonna, you're gonna learn how to be alone without feeling lonely. And now it's mm-hmm. weird because it's been two years, two years. And I love being alone. And I love <laughs> like, I love my independence. Like I love my quiet time. I, I, I love being with myself. And I think that's something that every person should experience um, at some point in their life, because you know, at the end of the day, you have, you only really have yourself. Like you have great, I, I can have, I have amazing friends and family and I have everyone, but like, I think that just relationship with yourself is so important. So to answer your question, I think that is a big thing that changed because I really was able to just, I still had, I still had a job, but I did change jobs. So I got a, a different nine to five, but it was more like a startup. So it was like very flexible hours. They were amazing. They, they came to my shows. Like they were so supportive. Cool. The other nine to five I had was like very toxic, very like strict schedule, yeah. like very limited PTO. Um, and corporate. so, so I think those two changes, <laughs> I changed jobs and then I also, you know, was no longer in a relationship. So I think those two really helped free up that time that I got to just really pour myself into writing, performing, singing, um, and other stuff, social media. I mean, it's a huge part of, of my career, social media, and then just, yeah, booking shows and, and doing all that stuff and working on my brand. And so I think just having those, those two big changes in between the, the season, I didn't make it to the season that I did. I think were the biggest, the biggest things that affected it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's huge being selfish. Like, when, when we have a, a path where it's like, ah, there's, there's something that we have to give up and, and yeah. it's, you know, we, we feel selfish about it, but Tim and I talk kind of about this on, on the show too, where it's like when the oxygen masks drop down in an airplane, like you need to help mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. before you help every, everyone else next to you. Yep. And it's, life is kind of the same where it's okay. I need to do things for me first. Everyone else wants me to do this thing and that thing and, and help them do this. And it's like, I haven't helped myself yet. So mm-hmm. I will pour from an empty cup and you won't get a hundred percent of what you need from me. Cause I can't give that to myself yet. So I think that's, yeah, that's huge. It's hard to do, but um, it's hard yeah. to do, especially I'm, I am, I'm the first to admit that I'm a people pleaser. Again, I, it might go all the way back to soccer, having coaches and being like, you know, wanting to make them proud or having, you know, team that's relying on you and you want, 
you want to be liked. Like, I, I don't know where that stems from, but I think that's a, that's a really good point you're making is that you, I don't know. Like, I think I just want, even now, I think I, I have to constantly rem remind myself that, you know, I, this is my career. This is, these are my decisions. This is my business. And, and as much as I want to make where I am now, my management happy and my label happy and my producer happy at the end of the day, you know, who, who do I really want to be? And when I put music out and when I get introduced to the world, you know, what, what do I want them to see? And what do I want to say in my music, you know, and what do I want to leave people with? How does music make me feel? And how do I make other people feel that way? So it's, it's hard because you have all these opinions and voices. And at the end of the day, you know, it really does come down to you. Mm. Yeah. A lot of noise. Um, yeah. So you, you get through your, your second go at American Idol, uh, yes. You get to top 10. What, what was that like? How did that progress things? Um, yeah. Tell us about getting to the end like that. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. This is about you. This is like, your interview. Yeah. We talk all the time. So th this is all <laughs> okay, about. There's be, a lot. Like, be super happy. selfish today, Grace. It's selfish know, I'm, Sunday. I'm such a selfish person. God. Um, <laughs> we didn't no, want to but, say anything. But. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah. But American Idol it's just, there is, it's just a lot. So, I mean, between that first audition, you guys, like I, I have such a hard time explaining how that felt because, and it makes me emotional because I was so scared to go into that audition. I, we did the producer one in Nashville. And then the first audition with Katie Lionel and Luke was in Milwaukee. Um, so Kyle and I, and Kyle came with me. If anyone's seen my first audition, he's the one on guitar. He's awesome. But we drove, we actually had to drive through the night, um, to get to Milwaukee, um, because he had a gig in Nashville that night. We got on the road at like 11, got into Milwaukee at like seven or eight. And then we had to be at the art museum at like nine. Oh my my dad got us a hotel. My dad met us there. He's in Chicago. He's like, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you guys a hotel room so that you can come like, uh, change, put some makeup on, get ready. And then we'll drive over to, it was just the craziest night slash day. And then I had a full on, I, I get really nervous. Um, like I, I can make myself physically sick. That's how nervous I get. And you'll never see it on stage, but you will see it backstage. I get so nervous. So I was so nervous for that audition. I almost like wanted Kyle to turn the car around. I just didn't even want to go. So we get there and we were like the last to go that day. So tired, hadn't eaten anything because I can't eat anything before I sing. And we get in there and we sing, we sing the songs and I just will never forget the feedback I got and how honest they were and how wonderful they were and how nice they were to me and telling me things that I had always wanted to hear and, and, and the validation of, I'm not crazy for having this dream since I was six years old. This, this could really happen. It was the first time. And it's so hard to explain because it's just a feeling. And I remember standing on that and like, I looked down at my feet and there was like the American Idol logo. And this, this wave came over me of just like, yes, like this is, you are where you're supposed to be. This is the right way. Keep going. And have you guys read the book Green Lights? I'm halfway through it right now. <laughs> okay. I have so, I call it a healthy obsession with McConaughey. Like some people like McConaughey. Yeah. Yes. 
I think I'm the next Tim. Like my I love it. is just, is just love delayed, it. but I love Matthew McConaughey. That's great. Yeah. So I just read that book too. And that, the, those green lights were like a constant last year. Like just that moment of that first audition and just, and I was so emotional my first audition. I cried that, and that was just, I don't know. I don't know what came over me, but I think it was just finally feeling like, oh my gosh, did a door just open? And now I get to just walk through it and see what happens. And it was just such an amazing feeling for them to like me for being me and just my voice. It just, I'll never forget that moment, but that was a green light. And then Hollywood week was crazy. And again, those were a bunch of green lights because I remember the last day of Hollywood week, they give you at least a list of songs to choose from. And there was only one on that list that I knew really well. Mm. And they give you the opportunity to play with the full band but the song was Rainbow by Casey Musgraves. And if you know that song, it is just a simple piano song. It's mm. not a hard song. It's very simple, beautiful message, amazing song. Um, but I remember thinking, I remember going back and forth in my mind, oh gosh, if I pick that song, I won't be using the band. And I have a band in Nashville. Shouldn't I show that like I can play with a band? It's not even that hard of a song. Is it gonna show off my voice? I don't know. I cried myself to sleep that night before we had to wake up at like 4am the next day to get ready and do the, the day. And I just did it and I went with it and I got through to top 40, which was nuts. And then top 40 came, which was in January. We filmed it in January of last year. So this, basically this time I was in Hawaii, which was incredible. Wow. They flew us out there for a week. And, not bad. <laughs> and my, that, that's when I told my, my job. So I, pulled my manager in one day and I said, Hey, I'm doing something crazy. I'm doing American Idol. I have to leave for a week. Uh, is that okay? And he's like, hell yeah, go for it. Do it. That's, That's awesome. awesome. So I went and that was another kind of weird moment, which was a, um, there was a red light moment in, in Hawaii because okay. I wanted to sing natural woman by Aretha Franklin. The minute I found out that I was in top 40, I was like, that's the song I'm going to sing. That's the song I'm going to sing. And the producers were like, mm, we don't want you to sing that song. Mm. And I remember going back to my room. I was crying. I called my mom and she said, Grace, if you want to sing that song, you better fight for that song. Because at the end of the day, the, the producers can't choose your songs. Like yeah. you, you choose your songs. So I, the next day we had to do a producer like run through and I just sang it anyway. I sang it full out, like performed it. And they were like, nice. Okay, fine, fine. Yes. It was like, yes. So they were like, okay, that's your song. So I was so excited. Cause I didn't, I didn't back down green light. So yep. ready to do, ready to do a uh, natural woman. And that was insane. My dad was there. My brother and my sister-in-law were there on the beach. It was, gosh, we're on the beach in Hawaii and a full professional band. It was only a minute and a half that I sang that song. And I just, I cried walking off the stage. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get off the stage. I wanted it to go on forever. Um, and again, I just remember having one of those feelings and that's the moment I knew I was going to quit my job. So I got off the right. stage and I said to myself, that is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I am not going back to the corporate world. I mean, I had to, 
until we did live shows, but I just knew like, this is, this is it. I'm, I'm quitting my job. Um, so that was nuts. And then, then the whole thing happened with Lauren and I, which was a, a whole, um, curveball, the whole voting thing, um, between Lauren and I, who Lauren and I were best friends. We lived to get, we stayed together, um, in Hawaii. We were roommates. We're both just like Nashville, love country music, country singers. And they did that, that thing with us, which was crazy. Um, so that as an athlete, when they sat there and said, we're going to let America vote between you two, I remember being like, this feels like a tie. And I feel like we're going to PKs and I'm not happy about it. I'm like, this is what? Like just the way no one wants a- it to end. Yeah. I'm like, can you just pick a winner? Like, I just want to know. Yeah. Like, and now I have to wait two months to know if I'm in top 20. So it was, it was just wild, but we're going with it. It's TV. It was fun. So then, um, then it was all preparing for the live shows. Um, and the live shows were going to LA in March. And then we got to LA in early March. We were staying in these apartments. I was like, so zoned in. I had like a full on routine every day. We were in voice lessons, working on songs, wardrobe, filming, interviewing, and then the stay at home order happened. And we got pulled into a room and the producer said, we have to send you home. We don't know what we're going to do, but just sit tight and figure it out. So I decided to go back to California to be with my mom. Cause you know, it's so funny looking back. Cause I think everyone was like, oh, it could be a couple weeks. It could be months. We don't know what's going to happen. And here we are. But I went back home to California and was there for a week. There was a week of weird limbo. And then the producers had a call with all of us over Zoom and said, we're going to do the show from home. (laughs) And we were like, what do you mean? Yeah, it was kind of like, a cool. Okay. Um, and then it was just full steam ahead. They were sending us equipment. They were sending us decorations. They were wow. sending us light, lights, ring lights, microphone stands, like audio equipment, three iPhone cameras, which were our cameras for TV. Okay. It was just crazy. Um, everything was over Zoom. All of the, you know, the band, we never got band rehearsals. We just told the band what song we were going to sing. They recorded a track. They sent us the track. We performed to that track and it was nuts. And if you can imagine, I think this is a lot of how a lot of people felt working from home. The fact that I'm sitting there in my living room practicing my songs and my mom's in the kitchen. She's like, I don't like that song. (laughs) song. You didn't hit that note. Are you, are you okay? And I'm like, mom, I should like, you're not supposed to. Mom, we're out of this. Go to the store, please. Yeah. Mom, meatloaf. (laughs) I was so just, yeah, it was a lot. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was a crazy time. You know, my mom's a a PA, my brother's a a paramedic. And, you know, when all that was happening, I was just so grateful and blessed that during a scary time, you know, I was able to just do what I love and do music and bring some entertainment to people. The amount of messages that I got from people that just said, thank you for being a distraction, you know, during such a, a hard time. And 
kind of being this something to look forward to every week to watch me on TV. I mean, it, it was, it meant so much to just to be able to do that. So as crazy as it was, when I look back at, you know, doing American Idol from home, I can't, I can't complain because it was, you know, I still got to do what I loved mm -hmm. and that was awesome. And, um, but you know, with all that being said, I, I remember when I got eliminated, I kind of knew it was coming. I, I, I did, you know, I did, I did cry for top 20, which went well. And, um, I sang somewhere over the rainbow for top 10 and that was amazing. Cause that's just always been my favorite song in the whole world. Um, and, but I don't know, there was something, I think I just kind of knew I was done. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I got eliminated, I was, you know, upset, but I was so excited for just, I knew it wasn't the end of anything, you know, it's, it just was the beginning because I, I looked a lot of people, you know, can take from American Idol, even if it's just the exposure, you know, that's great. You know, I, I opened up to so many people. I met so many amazing people um, through it and gained a great fan base that is so amazing and supportive and wonderful and, you know, got to know me uh, for who I am. And that's really important to me to just be a role model and be an inspiration to people and, and motivate. Um, but I, I remember getting off the show and then I said, okay, uh, I'm going to ride out. I think I'm going to stay here for like a couple more weeks. And then, and I quit my job. So I called my company like the day after I got eliminated and I said, I'm done. And they were like, we saw this coming. We love you. It's okay. And uh, I went, I, I said, okay, I'll go back to Nashville. I have a good amount of exposure now. You know, maybe I can just kind of build a business um, off of that and I'll start, you know, keep playing songs. I'll keep writing, whatever. I think it's just been, it's just been such a crazy ride. And I think after that, it's funny because I talk about how much I know who I am and then when I got in the ringer with red light and with different writers and talking to producers and really listening to like, what is on mainstream country radio and really listening to, you know, what I really love, I'm still figuring out who I am basically. <laughs> um, and I think, and I think I go, I think it's because I don't think I am one thing. I think it's, I have a lot of influences and, I think that's what's really fun about the creative process is to say like this past week I wrote with my producer all week and, and one song we wrote is like a super simple country ballad. Another song we wrote has like some pretty cool like mainstream beats in it. And it's like, I, I'm like, I've never even like written anything like that before, but that's really cool, you know? Mm. And it's, it's kind of, I feel like right now I'm in this stage of exploring and discovering and, trying new things and getting uncomfortable and and also just the writing is is such an interesting thing because i'm i'm learning that you know there's a really a very literal way to write but then you get in the room with these producers we're all walking in and say hey i had this experience you know I'm single. So I was kind of talking to this guy and then he ghosted me and it really sucked. And then they're like, okay, we can't say that in a song, <laughs> but let's like figure out how to say it in a song. <laughs> he that, ghosted like, me. This guy really sucks. He ghosted me and he sucks, <laughs> and, but he still follows me and it really pisses me off. Blah, blah. Like, <laughs> no, we can't say all that. So it's, it's really funny. So I'm the oh. artist that comes in and is like, 
this is my life. And it's like therapy, you guys. It's really yeah. interesting. Like it really is such a therapeutic thing. And I'm always just blown away by these writers who are just so encouraging with me. And they're constantly asking me, you know, they'll like come up with a verse and then they'll say, do you like that? Would you say that? Do you, you know, is that how you feel? And it's really awesome because you're just having this collaborative time. And I was very quiet in my first rights because, you know, I'm, these guys are like big time writers. I'm don't want to say something stupid. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like just that feeling. So, but now I'm getting a little bit more comfortable and I, I'm coming in with melodies that I'm coming up with on my own or that pop in my head or I'll, you know, do a voice memo as I'm on a run and something comes to my brain and I just play it in the right. And they're like, that's cool. Let's go with that. And it's, it's awesome when, you know, I, that I'm starting to get inspired and, and I'm just starting to, you know, kind of let myself Mm -hmm. find that sound and find those words and find those things that I think people need to hear. Yeah. 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 It's cool that you're kind of like falling into it, getting more yeah. acquainted. Uh, man, getting ghosted sucks. You want us to go get him? Where does he live? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you go to his house? Over yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I only did that one time when I was younger, but that was a yeah, fun time. It was fun. That's a that. good time. That's a throwback. <laughs> um, I, w I was going to ask you kind of alluded to it how music and country music, you're doing different beats. It, it's evolved. How have you adapted uh, kind of your writing style? Um, Cause you hear like a lot of different things where it's like, is that country? And then you hear like some country with it. And then it's like, but are we in a club at the same time? So <laughs> how have you kind of adapted to those different sounds and things um, yeah. with your music? Yeah, I think, I think the answer is I still am um, because I have, uh, I have this, 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 these roots in me that are, I love the real country music and to throw some names out there, like the stuff that Ashley McBride is doing, Miranda Lambert, yeah. Lainey Wilson, like these, um, Haley Witters, like they're, they're, they're bringing back this real authentic live sounding country and nineties country is it's, I, I have heard people say, cause I've gotten in the room with writers who have like, who are, have been writing for like 30 plus years in Nashville. And wow. I, one of them told me when I kind of told him what, what style I am, he said, it's so funny because when nineties country, when like the chicks um, and Shania, you know, started putting music out, they were, people were like, what's that? You know, that's not country music. That's, that's kind of pop. Well, you know, what is that? Nineties mm -hmm. country basically is pop country, mm -hmm. but it just has a little bit more of live, you know, big drums, but it has since it has beats, it has claps, you know, like there, there are very, you know, engineered stuff in nineties country that you kind of just don't know is there um, because of how much we have listened to pop music. So, and you know, hip hop and rap and all that stuff. But I think, I think what's really fun about country is, is there really isn't, I don't, I don't think there has to be one way. I don't think there has to be, um, you know, one, one version of country music. I think, I think I love, and I think I, I think you're also evolving all the time. So even though what I might be, whatever that first record I put out or whatever that first single I put out is, um, I want it. I also really want it to be current because I love current country. I love mainstream country. Um, 
not not all of it i mean there's are some that i'm like whoa how is that on <laughs> hot country that doesn't make any sense um but i will say you know i love it it's it it sounds good it feels good and um but i think i think it's also allowing myself to know that i will be completely evolving and changing because I think Casey Musgraves, obviously Taylor Swift is the biggest example right. of how much you can shift your, you know, art and your songwriting and your music, but Casey Musgraves, I love using her too, because if you listen to same trailer, different park, that is old school country. Mm -hmm. That is Texas country. And then you listen to golden hour, which is her most recent one. And it's completely disco seventies mm -hmm. pop yeah. beats tracks. Like, you know, so, I mean, I just think it's just, and Mary Morris too. I just think it's, I think whatever feels good. I think whatever feels good to you. I think, you know, for me, like I said, one day I'm writing a simple ballad with just piano. And then another day I'm writing something that has beats and, and banjo and mandolin. And like, it's so interesting. And I just think it's fun to kind of play around with, with the resources we have now and, create something new too. Like, I don't want as much as I use myself and, and com to compare to Shania and nineties and, and, and all that stuff. That's the last thing I want is to someone to hear me and say, Oh, she's just another, right, you yeah. know, or, Oh, she right. sounds like I, I love, I mean, the ultimate thing is to that they hear my first song or my first record and they say, I've never heard anything like that before. Or she, I, you know, she doesn't sound like anyone else. I think, that's always the goal is to create a new, you know, lane. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Like I think music yeah. should always be growing and always be changing and, and different stuff. I mean, when Billie Eilish came out, everyone's like, what is that? And now she has her own zone and people compare other people to her, you know, yeah. Oh, that sounds like Billie Eilish. So yeah. music is a funny thing. Yeah, it's uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> what kind cool. of music do you yeah. guys like? Like, what is um, what is your jam? Well, I do gotta say, I don't do karaoke often, but when I do, "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" Ooh. is a go-to. It is oh my a gosh. go -to. That or "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." It's one of those oh, two. Oh, that's love good. it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, right. Um, well, when things are open up in Nashville, you should come. We'll get up on on stage at Wild Beaver, and we will do "Man, I Feel Like a Woman." We'll be <laughs> You had me at Wild Beaver. I am in. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have them here, then they, they closed down. Tim, leave lead this one off. What kind of music does do you listen to? I listen to just about everything. Um, mm -hmm. It just depends on what I'm doing. Like if I'm if I'm doing totally. work, if I'm doing work and writing, I'm listening to either like jazz or classical or something that sure. doesn't have lyrics. If I'm like working out, I'll listen to to hip hop. But I I did my so my sister. She's about. Uh, six or seven years older than me she is a huge country music fan so yeah. i got i got my country music influence from her i i wouldn't say i listen to country music as much as the rest of what i listen to but i still enjoy it and i think there's a time to listen to to it all the time so yeah um, yeah i no, think I, that i like just about that's everything. a good point though that you're because music is a mood you know i'm the it same is. way i listen to i mostly listen to country i will say but I listen to it sometimes to study it, you know, to see, mm -hmm. oh, especially on like New Music Friday. Okay, what's what's at the top of a hot country? I'm a Spotify person. And then, yeah. you know, but then I'll listen to like relaxing, like a relaxing playlist when I'm cooking or I, I even listen to like Frank Sinatra and yeah, hip hop. Yes. Rap. I love nice. it. Yeah. You know, working yeah. out, I got to go to another place. Country right. doesn't right. get me in that last like rep. If I need the extra juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I feel like a woman probably won't get me there, but. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's um, good, though. 
I love it. Yeah. So I've like Tim, I got a pretty broad spectrum and everyone's like, Oh, everyone said, I was like, well, let me show you two different ends. Uh, so I I've played piano and guitar my whole life. Um, took lessons growing up. So I got my classical side from piano. First, I hated it. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, like you're forced mm-hmm. into it. And now <laughs> I have such an appreciation for like, wow, like what they were doing talent wise back when we had no tech mm-hmm. and they were composing. Uh, and then guitar is when I found my love for like classic rock, Led Zeppelin, um, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the people that are just like the best of the best. Uh, but like, yeah, at the gym, um, sometimes it gets scary, like disturbed, uh, Avenged Seven, like the heavier metals. <laughs> um, and then Logic will be in there, J. Cole. Uh, I'm a big Mac Miller fan. So I was super bummed when. Awesome. Yeah. Um, when That's he great. died. But yeah. So I, I love a lot. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's broad. It depends. But yeah, if, if I'm writing, it's got to be like no words. Like I can't do words if I'm trying to write something. Mm. Cause then I'll start writing what I hear. And then like, delete, yeah. delete, 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 delete. <laughs> yeah. like half a page real, of worthlessness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Do you do uh, like journaling, other writing outside of writing music? Uh, yeah. Like daily stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big, I'm a big morning like routine person. Mm. I have yeah. one roommate and I'm blessed that she sleeps in until like 11 and I am like a 7 a.m. and my rights usually are at 11. And so, and I get made fun of because the Nashville writers are, I'm always like really either early or on time. And I've had like two cups of coffee. I got a workout in, I'm like showered, ready, ready for the day. And they're like rolling in, like sometimes hungover. They're like, they're like grace you're making us like this is not how a songwriter and a musician lifestyle is supposed to be i'm like i'm sorry i'm just not that way but i my thing in the morning is yeah i, I usually like i sit on the couch with my coffee and I'll, I'll journal or i'll read um and i journal different things every day sometimes it's song ideas sometimes i just need to like get stuff off my chest sometimes it's like affirmations um yeah uh, yeah, I think it just kind of just depends on my mood. Um, but I definitely have found myself cause I tried, I tried to write at night and I just can't do it. I think I'm more of a morning person that when my brain is really going than at night when I just kind of need to turn it off. So, mm-hmm. cause I have a hard time turning my brain off. So mm-hmm. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do like a morning journal. If I got to recap a couple of days, like I missed a few days and, and I'm mm-hmm. recapping, but if I do like any, any poetry, that's usually a night thing for me. Cause like people go to bed, maybe I'll stay up a little later. So I'm by myself. Cause I have two roommates too, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of dogs. So that's when it's like, nice. it's just me. And I'm always the first one up. Usually yeah. too. So it's like, I get the coffee started and, and <laughs> me too. That, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the writing depends on like my timing depends what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So yeah. do you write songs? Uh, I tried a while back. I haven't revisited that. Like I still have old journals of, of stuff. Um, I don't know how they would sound right now based on the level of writing that it was at. But uh, I've, I've thought about trying again, but I'm like, oh, should I do that? Should I not? Like pretty good at journaling. Like <laughs> poetry is easier for me, but we'll see. Sometimes I know sometimes that stuff turns into a song just by itself. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I've heard that's how Shania was. She just had poems. Really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then 
yeah. And then Mutt Lang took her under her wing and all that stuff. But you should write songs. Maybe I have my secret acting career after my secret music career. Yeah. Yeah. It'll go. Do like you want to be an actor too? Not that it's a desire, but uh, I think I have a knack for, for something like that. Like, yeah, I don't need awesome. to be like Hollywood, like big time, like a Kevin Hart, but, or the rock. But I think like I can keep a straight face. I can like, just, I like messing with people. I think I do a good <laughs> McConaughey impersonation. I know I'm on the show with how much I do McConaughey. So, Every episode. Uh, do just, it. Do it. What's your McConaughey uh, impression? Hmm. Should I do the Days and Confused? Yeah. The Have you seen that movie, Days and Confused? Yes. Like, okay. I got to make sure because some people are like, no, what's that? And I'm just, I'm almost insulted. Yes. Uh, so they're standing outside of the Emporium. And he's like, see, that's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older. <laughs> they stay the same age. <laughs> I'm talking, I got 450 horsepower of pure American muscle, man. <laughs> oh, just, I've just Bye. been working for the city. Might as well put a little money in my pocket. <laughs> oh my God. Think she liked it? Oh, all, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> hey, the party at the Moon Tower tonight. Y'all should come by. We're going to get a kegger. Oh my gosh. So he was, I mean, I know you, what? you wrote the book. Seriously. Um, that was amazing. I appreciate that. Like that's oh, one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. He should do something with that for yeah. real. I, I tell him that. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Like you need to do like TikToks. You need, you're going to get yeah. TikTok famous if you start doing that. I, I still haven't gotten on TikTok yet. Is there someone that does it? You got to look to see if there's, account, if there's an account out there that already does that. And if uh, not, you off the dome. You guys don't have one for off the dome. You don't have a TikTok. Mm-mm. Oh, haven't done do it. it. I feel like I'm on so, I like, suck at so TikTok. much already. No, I'm not. Don't go off of mine. Mine's horrible. But, um, <laughs> Honestly, you should just start reading excerpts from Green Lights, like on in the Matthew McConaughey voice. Mm, good yeah, I, I did read to my buddy, um, like his wow. intro, like prelog or whatever, like the description, like in the cover. I read that, yeah, and like the first paragraph yeah. to him, and I was like, seriously, hey, tell me what that you was so it. good. Yeah. I appreciate it. And on our I'm last episode, like- you you read. On our last episode, he read a poem from the book in his voice. Too. Oh, yeah. One of his poems, like, yeah. uh, kind of sang wow. to me. So I, I I had to read it in McConaughey on the on the show. Yeah. Wow. That was my favorite moment of this entire conversation. <laughs> that was seriously so good. And we're I'm done. I'm a big, like, movie person. I'm a big, like, I, like, everyone always, like, makes me quote movies. So I don't, I can't do voices like that. Like I yeah. just know like random quotes from like stepbrothers and like dumb and dumber. And <laughs> See, uh, I always tell Tim, if I got paid to do movie quotes, like I could probably go through a whole day of not saying anything of my own content and yeah. just do it all for movies. Yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah. I'd be yeah. fine. But my, I, I, I get it from my brother. My brother and I seriously just talk in movie quotes. We don't even like have conversations. Yeah. Right. See, I'm all about that. And it's a bummer when I'll throw like an old movie line in there and someone's like, wait, what's that from? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's no, not fun it. if I have to explain it. I get it. Yeah. I do some impersonations like, uh, like, like a Josh Turner dancing oh. in the halls, maybe babe, right up the stairs. Oh my God. Bounce the walls. Yeah. So like I'm a, I'm a Josh Turner fan. Yeah, I love Josh so, Turner. Yeah. I saw him for 10 bucks. We got a place called eight second saloon Uh huh. and like Montgomery Gentry, Chase Rice, like, and Amazing. it's a small, small joint, like two pool tables, like a dance floor for line dancing. Yeah. And, and, but it's like, 
don't know, a few hundred people max and uh, saw him. He did an acoustic set for 10 bucks. Oh. And I'm like, dude, one, you're worth way more than this, but two, I'll yeah. pay 10 bucks. That's so cool. Yeah, but he's, he's always blown me away with how, how like deep he can like just hit that bass note and then oh, just yeah. right back out of it. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I love, I love Josh Turner. Turner. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So all that to be said, yeah, maybe I'll start music writing. We'll see. Acting is like, if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm not going to be sad about it. Yeah, I get but it. I think I'm the next I don't think, McConaughey. I don't know, but I did like some acting, like, I took an acting class in college randomly and I loved it. And then I did like, I've done like a couple, no, I've only done like one commercial, which was random too, but my dad's an actor and he's a model. Okay. And it's funny. I'm all, now that like his auditions are all over zoom, he'll, I have to like help him do it. And so he'll FaceTime me oh, and I have fine. to read the lines back to him so he can get his audition in. But I think I would totally do it. Like if, if someone was like, Grace, we really want you to be in this like, film or, or commercial or whatever mm -hmm. i would totally try and do it i would need right. acting lessons but i think i think it i think if you have the because i think i would i'm not saying performing is like acting i think but kind of because i mean you know if i'm singing a sad song i have to go to a certain place to get the right. message across that's my favorite thing about singing is that i have the ability to make people feel something with whatever i'm saying or how I'm singing it. And I just think that's so, that's just such a blessing. And so I think actors are the same way. I mean, they get to make people feel, to make them laugh if it's a comedy or make them cry. It's like real life stuff. And I just think if you have that talent, that's, that's incredible. So I would totally do it. I wouldn't say no, especially if Matthew McConaughey was my co-star. Right. I'd probably say yes. Yeah, take the probably out of it. It's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I'm kidding. Green lights. My new book is out now. Check it out. Green, green light. <laughs> so you know, if you, you're going to hit a streak of green lights. And you think that's all you're going to have, but you'll hit some reds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to read that book when you're done with it. Dude, done. I yeah, love that need, book. You need to read it. Mm -hmm. It's like, seriously oh, well. It's It's, it's addicting good. because he's one of the greatest storytellers. Yeah. Like, even, even on paper. like, And it's kind of changed the way I journal and write poetry too is like, I see what he puts into his and I'm like, Oh man, like that's got such a broader width and a level of depth, but it seems simple at the same time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's, he's just a storyteller. Yeah. And I Absolutely. love that. McConaughey, so. Yeah. He didn't. Cause I'm a big podcast guy, like listen to other podcasts. And when he was on Rogan, McConaughey was, and oh, was fantastic. Uh -huh. you, you can, I mean, the way he storytells just on there, it was so mm -hmm. compelling to listen to it. And, uh, I mean, he talks about how he, how he writes and how he, he manages his time, how he plans out his day and, and writes, writes it out the night before and hit, yeah. him doing that kind of motivated me to be more intentional with how I do that and it really does make a difference. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, he's awesome. inspirational, but he, yeah, he's just a good example. Go Longhorns, baby. That's right. I always, I always love watching him at the, at the Texas Longhorn basketball it's games so him with the orange, <laughs> him with the orange suit sitting on the bench with the team, like yeah. Acting like he's like a part of the team. It was so great. Did we, you guys play sports growing up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played basketball. I played golf. Those were like the two main ones. And mm -hmm. I still play them today. But yeah. Nice. So when I was real young, I had a long like soccer stint. Uh, and then high school, I played basketball and ran cross country. Cool. And then I like to throw in in college, I was on the ultimate Frisbee club team. So it's like I was basically a pro athlete. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that was the thing. Like in, in cross country, we would always in like our post season, like sectionals and things our night before we raced, we would do like an easy three miles and then play ultimate Frisbee for like an hour. Oh, that's fun. Which now I'm like, that's so dangerous. Like we could easily break an ankle or just like roll it. But mm-hmm. I love ultimate Frisbee. Like someone's like, Hey, you want to throw a football? I'm like, do you have a Frisbee instead? I'm a lot better at that. I suck yeah. at Frisbee. <laughs> Um, yeah and golf um okay i'm just like better than most okay okay golf they're actually pretty good at golf i can i can make contact with the ball and every so often it goes where i want it to that's how i feel about golf i'm i'm actually pretty good at football i can throw the football pretty well and then when i was growing up i well i did like ran track played basketball softball soccer was the main one but mm-hmm. i remember I, I didn't want to play softball i wanted to play baseball because i had an older mm-hmm. brother and he they played baseball obviously and i just hated the softball i was like why do i have to have why can't i just use a regular baseball like and he taught me how to like throw a fastball and a curveball and all this oh, stuff nice. and i just i i hated that but um soccer ended up just taking over everything i didn't have time for anything else yeah it was like soccer and music yeah I'm amazed yeah. by soccer players, the amount of control when like you get a long ball from across the field and then they just stop it on a whim. Like, yeah, it just, it amazes me. <laughs> soccer was one of those things though, for me, like I, um, I was a forward my whole life and I was just scoring goals, scoring goals, scoring goals. Like that was like my thing. I was just had a knack for it. Like I always wanted to be up front, play me the ball in front of me. I was really fast and I got recruited, I think just because I could score goals and I was really scrappy and, you know, kind of tenacious. And, but it's one of those things that then I got to college a lot, like how I think kind of one of your questions was like the, the, um, the competitiveness in Nash in Nashville and how do you stand out? But like my first taste of that was getting to college and knowing that I was, you know, one of the best in my town in my club and then you get to college and everyone's the best mm-hmm. and you're looking around like oh gosh that person is faster than me that person's bigger than me that person has better ball control than me the person's you know has more you know there's their game is smarter than me um and i just remember being so defeated like my freshman year was so tough and i i messed up my ankle really bad i ended up having a red shirt and then i met this you know crazy academic tough school and sitting in these huge lecture halls, like, what am I doing? Um, and then it wasn't until my junior year that I really like got back to being me, which again is like such a big thing that I live by the kind of playing to your strengths and being yourself because my coach, you know, I love him and we have a great relationship, but I, I feel like I hated a lot of my coaches. I think you like kind of have to hate your coaches. Um, (laughs) but he, he tried to make me into a player that I wasn't like my things were what I just said. I was fast. I was scrappy. I was going to work my butt off and I knew how to score goals. And then he kind of tried to form me into this midfielder, like, you know, trying to be this like really crafty with my feet. And, you know, obviously first touch is important, but just things that were then taking over so much of my mind that I was forgetting what I actually naturally was really good at. And that's how it kind of feels with going back to the whole American Idol thing is just like 
don't try to be something else. You can get better. Like, and you can, of course, like work on things that you need to work on. Like for me personally with music, I'm not very good at guitar. Um, singing, I got it. You know, like that's my comfort zone. Guitar and songwriting, those are things I'm still working on and I will continue to work on them. Will I ever be a, you know, shredding on guitar at a concert? Probably not, but it is something that I will have in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was for soccer. It was accepting okay, yeah, sure. I can get really good with my feet. And, but when it comes to game time, let's not forget like where, what my identity is and, and what my role is and what I can naturally bring to this team and, and help us win. Mm -hmm. And I just think sometimes you get clouded by um, other people trying to turn you into something else or making you feel like, because you're not good at that one thing, you're not good at all. Um, mm -hmm. And then I remember getting to Nashville and yeah, feeling that same way, looking at all these people that had so many more years before, you know, ahead of me and they had figured out how to make a living with music and are playing everywhere and people know who they are and they're writing these songs. And I just remember being like, Oh my gosh, how do you ever, I cried myself to sleep so many times and called my mom, like, what am I doing here? Why is this ever going to happen for me? And I think that's why, that first audition in American Idol meant so much because you start to think it might never happen until it does. And yeah. life is just crazy like that. I think just everything, I think there's a, there's a reason why sometimes you're like, why didn't that happen that way? Or, you know, I remember not getting through that producer audition and feeling like, God, am I not good enough? You know, am you know, am I missing something? And then you just don't know what is waiting for you and you don't know what else, there is. And a lot of people, I mean, my roommate talks about this with the, when the pandemic hit, she lost her job and it was like the end of the world. And, mm -hmm. but then she was like, God, but I really hated that job. And then a month <laughs> later she got with another company and she's now like fully, basically her own boss working for great people, you know, making great money. And it's just, it's just funny how some things, sometimes negative things See, or they think they seem like negative things in the moment. They seem like it's like the worst thing in the world, but it actually is working in your favor. And mm -hmm. I think we can kind of forget that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, was it Toby Keith? He had like a four or five episode series and his big thing was like, everything's blessing and curse. Everything. Mm -hmm. Even like your, mm -hmm. your greatest talent blessing and a curse because there's something no you're talking about garth brooks garth brooks that's what it was yes, yeah that documentary. i don't know why i was saying yes, toby yes, keith yes. i'm like this is not right but i'm blessing gonna ride with this curse. hard oh my gosh no i love that yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i remember yeah. him saying that and my parents like they'll respect country but like now they love garth brooks because of <laughs> yeah. that i'm like all right hop on some other trains too there's a lot of goodness in this right. country but yeah it's um you know it's having that openness to see like, like your friend was like, Oh man, at first it's like, what am I going to do? And then it's like, be open to a blessing where life is like, Hey, here's an offering. And mm -hmm. now it's up to you to take it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Oh, I love that documentary. That was a good one. Yeah. That was, that was really good. <laughs> he, he's got a great story. Cause he started in like these no nothing bars yep. and rinky dink yep. towns and, and he's someone yeah in, in that documentary i love i didn't know that about him how all these labels passed and then they had to see him on a stage in order to see mm -hmm. what that thing was that was his and you know sometimes that's it and it's also funny because a lot of these country singers you know tim mcgraw like he doesn't really write his own stuff kenny chesney like and even you know even shania and even faith and martina you know they weren't 
songwriters. They were just performers and mm -hmm. singers and they just had this thing. And I think, you know, nowadays it's hard because it's so saturated here. And, you know, when a lot of people have passed on, a lot of labels have passed on artists and then they come back to them or a lot of radio has said, you know, that song isn't going to be a hit. Gabby Barrett's song, I hope everyone passed on that song. No one thought it was going to be anything. And she had one of the craziest years ever. And it won all these awards and was number one. Wow. Like it's, it's just funny how, how, you know, timing is a big thing and, and just, it just sometimes takes people longer to see what's really there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an element of just consistency. Like, yeah. You, know, you, you said you stick to your guns, like who you are, you're going to sing what you want to sing and write what you want to write. And people pass people pass and then yeah. someone else is going to be like thank you for passing i want in yeah yeah and at the end of the day you know you can only be happy with with that like how do you present yourself like how mm -hmm. you know what are you what are you giving to the world what are you leaving people with and at the end of the day for me if i'm if i'm making someone feel something if i write a song that people can relate to if my voice heals someone or if I make someone happy or even like down to my taste with grace thing that I do the cooking stuff. Like for some reason, I think that is like so silly that I'm just in my kitchen cooking. People love it. I don't know why, but they do. And it makes me happy that I'm making them happy. And that's like, if I can leave people with that, I, I will be satisfied. Yeah. That's fantastic. I've, I think I've seen you like do that before. And I'm like, what, first off, what a great title. Like taste with grace. One like, of my fans came up with it. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I know. Go I that person. Live and I was like, should we call this something? And someone types taste with grace. And everyone was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Easy decision. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. the owner at the gym where my office is, she's like, look, she's like, look, you dance like in the middle of class when we're all near death because of whatever the workout is. Like you're dancing, like you just sing, even if it's just like your words, like, Oh, I forgot my protein today. Um, and she's like, you need to do video of you in the kitchen. I'm like, ah, I know. I just, I haven't done it, but that's do it. Awesome. Taste with grace. That's awesome. Yeah. I need, a clever I, mean, name though. I need a good name to go with it. No, I didn't have a name when I started. I just was like, I'm going to go live and cook some stuff. And if you guys have questions, jump on and ask and yeah. I'll post the recipe afterwards. And I think I was just talking to a girlfriend about this yesterday who I got coffee with and she, she's been talking about starting a podcast and, and doing some more videos of, of, you know, maybe cooking or fitness and stuff like that. And it's just starting. Sometimes you just need to start and it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be weird. I remember the first time I posted a video of me even singing on my Instagram. This was way back in like probably 2016, 2015, 2016, when like people were first, like finally posting videos because Instagram had just come out with like the video option. It used mm -hmm. to just be pictures. And I remember being so nervous and I was like overthinking it. And I was like, well, how long should it be? I can't play guitar. So I have to pull up a track. I have to find this track. Should I do this song? What, what if I do that song? I remember texting my friends about it. And then you put it up there. And first of all, people forget the next day. Second of all, <laughs> it's like, all I got was positive, you know, feedback. And yeah. I think it's just ripping off the bandaid and starting and just being like, I don't care if it's weird. I don't care if it's awkward. I don't care if I mess up. I don't care if people hate it. Like you just got to mm. start and then you just kind of get better and better and better. See, it's a boot and ass that I needed today. Yeah. 
the title will come the title will come start and oh, yeah. i should have done it when i made meatballs this morning yeah those God, look good they saw that story i had to try one i'm like i'm biased oh but damn, wait what good. about just wait it's colin right hmm? what about just like colin in the kitchen Ooh, what's wrong with that it's not bad i've thought about that too i was like hmm like that's so easy yeah or like cooking with Colin. Or cooking like, with hey, Colin. Hey, yeah. there you go. Alliteration. Ah, <laughs> see? All right, guys. We're not getting off this podcast. Just we got don't take taste with going. Colin. That I won't let that fly. No. Yeah. I can't. I can't rip you off. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just give yourself a date and just do it. And just yeah. be like, okay. and do something really easy. Like the one I did, my first one is I just made my spaghetti sauce because I'd make it all the time. And it was like really easy. And I, I prepped a little bit. And then I just like that same day, I just said, I'm going to go live and cook something. And then people showed up and yeah. it was really fun. Is that like your own recipe sauce? Kind of. It's like kind family? of developed. It's my okay. sister sent it to me forever ago. And then I've kind of added my, my own little things. It's just a simple, easy marinara sauce. And then I add ground beef to it. And then I do it in a spaghetti squash. Mm. Um, I may have to try that. That sounds like very it would go really well with my meatballs. Yeah. Oh, I, I also make really good whole have you made the whole 30 meatballs yet tim Undefined. Yet. no no i haven't okay i'll send you those um okay. okay if you follow on instagram define dish she's awesome because she makes just like really good like meatballs and like burgers and you know that are whole 30 even though the whole 30 rules is like don't like mimic bad food whatever. Um, I don't follow that rule. Um, but she makes really good meatballs with this tomato sauce and they're super easy and you can have them with like spaghetti squash or zoodles and it's delicious. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've gotten my, a lot of my recipes. I steal from my sister nice. and she does not, she's like her, the opposite of me. We did do a taste with grace. We made Christmas cookies together. I was like pulling teeth to get her to come <laughs> on the camera with me. She just isn't She's always been the more like shy, like I'm just gonna fly under the radar and, and I'll yeah. always be like, I'm stealing a recipe. Like, do you wanna come on and like talk about it? And she's like, no, I really don't care. Just yeah. like, I don't care. You don't even have to give me credit. Yeah, right. <laughs> but she's a way better cook than I am. Okay. But you're catching up. Yes, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am, I am. So- uh, I think everybody in my family cooks really well though. Yeah. I just yeah. suck at barbecuing. Oh, I haven't, I haven't messed with that yet. I'd like one of those green eggs sometime to smoke, mm -hmm. but oh yeah, not yet. I'm not there yet. I just feel like there's people that are really good with like meat and like grill. Like my brother, Chris is just like the grill master. Like he okay. can make, he makes wings and you know, any type brisket, steak, pork, like to yeah. Turkey, like all of it. Like he just has a knack for like spices and how to make sure it's, you know, crispy on the outside, but tender on the inside. I'm just like, I, every time I make steak on my cast iron, it's pretty much always overdone. And I'm mad at myself. Do you only do it uh, like stovetop? Like, do you do the whole cook on stovetop? Yeah. Cause I don't have, I'm just in an apartment. I don't have a grill. Do you, do you have an oven? Yeah. Okay. So you do a reverse sear. So you do it in the oven low heat, so like 200 for like maybe uh -huh. 20 minutes, depending how thick your steak is. Uh -huh. And so that way it cooks the middle and then oh. you sear it for like a few minutes on high heat on either side in the skillet. Oh, it's the outside. So then you can keep it still like medium rare. And then, 
Yeah. So do the oven first, like 200 for like 20 minutes and then do the skillet. Yeah. Cause otherwise you're like burn the outside if it's all skillet too. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited to try that next time. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. this. We're so collaborative. We're so mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Yeah. Like now I need to go cook later. Yeah. Um, you made a, a fun comment that you wanted to reverse, reverse. I'm going to change it up. Um, reverse, reverse. <laughs> uh, I'm a great dancer, like weddings and receptions outside of that. Terrible. Um, I'm good at dancing poorly, but, um, how you wanted to make people feel stuff with your songs. So we were obviously like listening to your music like last few days on Spotify leading up to it. Oh, okay. And I really like, I really like them all, but old songs was Aww. something that I vibed with. Cause like, um, like the, these old songs are like my old friends. And mm-hmm. I've always thought sometimes I have too old of a soul for a lot of modern societal things. And it's like, who else has listened to, I mean, like Tim and his girlfriend, they have record player listen to vinyl, but I'm like, there's not many people who like want to listen to the Eagles on vinyl or Melon Camp mm-hmm. or Elton mm-hmm. John, Hank. And uh, so that was like, yes, like that, that was like these old songs, like they, they got it Yeah. Um, where they just speak a different language than Nicki Minaj or Cardi B. And it's, yeah. You, yeah, so Kyle, you're not chugging on any strings right here, girlfriend. Like, <laughs> Red <relax>. Kyle, um, <laughs> Kyle wrote that song. He actually brought that song to me, and um, he just loved the way that I sang it. So, yeah, that was that was our song. That, but that was my first song that he ever played for me. That I was like, oh my gosh, one, I love this. Two, to your point, it's so true, and it's 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 it is a testament to those of us who really just still very much appreciate old music and how it makes you feel and it, the, the roots and the stories and everything that goes in between. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Someone just called me. Oh, how dare they? I know. Seriously. Let me put my, just in case I'm going to go on airplane mode. Oh gosh. Okay. We're back. Sorry. But yeah, uh, you were saying about how the old music gives you those old feelings again of. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I, I was so excited because actually in my first American Idol audition, I wasn't, planning on singing crazy by patsy klein i uh i love that song i know i i had other songs prepared kyle and i didn't even prepare that and that's why i sang it acapella because he was like i don't want to mess it up on guitar he's like here's your <laughs> note just sing it and uh yeah but but that's a song i've been singing forever and that was actually i think one of the first songs we played as a band um was crazy. And I just love, love, love that song. And I love, I just love the way her voice has so much emotion to it. And you almost hear it and you think it's a happy song, but it's really sad. Mm -hmm. I love that about country music. I love a good happy melody with a really sad storyline. I think that's like the best. Yeah, It's fun. You see people like kind of jive to us. Like, do you know what this is about? No, I haven't listened to it. And it's like, Oh, dang. This is I mean, even, I mean, even my song going back home, you know, like that's like, she's upset and yeah. it's like, I'm going back home. Burr, burr, da, 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 da. I caught myself it's doing like, that. So I was upbeat. like, all right. Yeah. Like this is, we're getting some country with I've been drinking. And then I was like, oh, dang. You know? Yeah. Like, Whoa. Okay. That's yeah. Kyle though. That is all Kyle. He just, that's the way that he writes and it's, it's unconventional. It's weird. And, you know, it's been really funny because him and I still write together. But, you know, now that I'm with these these Nashville writers, you know, that 
write for radio and write for the label. And, you know, because they want the next number one song, Mm -hmm. there is like some sort of science to it. You don't really know what it is, but there Mm -hmm. is, you know, the song can't be too long. People don't have attention spans anymore. You have to grab them right away. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's all these other things, but I just love how Kyle is, is someone who is always a reminder to just like kind of screw everyone else. Just be who you are. Cause he doesn't, he does not abide to the Nashville circuit at all. Um, And I love him for that, but yeah, that's his style. That's cool. Like outside of like the authenticity um, and then, you know, making it the length proper. uh, What else do you think goes into making a potential hit hit song a a great song because i heard dustin lynch on a podcast once he's like Mm. i've i've figured out for me i've cracked the code on i know this one's going to be a hit and this is one i'd want to be a hit but it won't be and then i wrote this one this will be a hit on the radio so like for him he figured out his own code so i didn't know yeah like in in your mind like what makes a, a good song I don't know yet because I haven't (laughs) written a hit song yet. I have no idea. And I, that's what I mean by like me trying all these different things. Um, Sorry. That is the like straight up answer because so what I'll do is like, for example, I wrote this ballad um, on Monday and this past Monday. And I was like, I love this. I love this. This feels really good. And I'm crossing my fingers. I'm like, okay, I'm going to send it to my, um, management slash she is also a and r and a and r is like i always forget what it stands for but basically they pick all the songs and they're like their brains are wired to know like mm. what's a great song and what's just like an okay song so i always send my songs to my a and r slash manager and the i think probably for the past three or four months that i've been writing i think every single response has been good song. It's not a single or that's a good song. Um, probably just will be good for like a project, an album someday. And I'm like, okay, great. Okay. And just like kind of keep my head down. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get discouraged. And so I was so nervous to send her this one because in my brain, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. This feels really good. And I sent it to her and she said, I love this. And I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) So I think I've cracked that code in terms of like finding a song that for some reason, and, and, you know, and then I'm such like a thinker. So I'm like, okay, what made that so special? And when I break it down, I think what makes it so special is the phrasing is really different. I think the biggest thing is like, if it sounds different, you know, if it doesn't Mm. sound like, Oh, that sounds like a Gary. That sounds like Gabby Barrett song. Oh, that sounds like, you know, one night standards, you know, you, you want different. So I think that one, the phrasing was really interesting, which phrasing is you do, do you know, like the way that I'm singing the, the verse is like, not how you think I'm going to sing it. And so it's like, kind of like throws you. And then also it's just so honest. It's a song about, I posted a clip of it on my story, but it's a song about not knowing what love is. And it's, it came from a guy asking me, have you ever been in love? And I was like, I don't know. And I think as much as I've been in relationships where I've said, I love you, I don't know if it was actually 
love. Like, I, I don't know. I think I just still haven't figured it out. I haven't really learned it. And so that's, that's basically the chorus is like, I haven't, I haven't learned what love is yet. And that's the whole song. And it's, I think it's just such an honest, real relatable thing that is said in a very beautiful and hopeful way. It's not like, I haven't learned what love is and I'm never going to find it. And my life sucks because it, it turns around. It says, I haven't learned what love is yet. Um, um, wait, Oh, now I have to think of the hook. Um, I haven't learned what love is yet, but if I do, I hope I get to learn it with you. So it's like Ooh. a very hopeful, like, yeah, I haven't, but like, maybe you're it. Maybe you, the, this, cause it's a conversation. And so I think, I think I, I was re I'm just really proud of that song because we we took a long time to write it and we went a lot oh, we went around in circles about it and I think it's it's just it's worth it when you finally nail that feeling and it's clear and it's genuine. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Dan Fernandez and Jeremy Spillman that wrote it with me. I didn't write it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so when is that one coming out? Oh gosh, who knows? Okay. There's so many phases because we wrote it, we made a little, you know, rough demo of it. And then, you know, we keep writing. And then once we decide, I think I'm going to be cutting songs in the next couple months. So probably in like March or April, mm. which means I go into a studio and like cut record. Sure. But, you know, there's, it's, it's about money too. So you only have a certain amount to spend. Um, so we have to be very careful with what songs we want to cut um, and spend the time cutting. And then once you cut it, then it goes to, then I have to do vocals and then you do vocals and then you do mixing and the mixing takes forever. And it's a lot of back and forth of, nope, change that, mm, make it a little bit faster. Oh, maybe we need to add this in. Oh no, take that out. Oh, now Grace, you should just go redo the vocals again. Okay, <laughs> great. So it's a lot of, it's a lot, a lot. Um, yeah. But it's, it's so fun. And I think, I think I'm just excited um, because, you know, I just know, I just, I know it's, it's going to be worth it as impatient as I am. And as, as much as I'd love to say, yeah, that song's coming out next week. Like, I can't wait for the, that time. It's just going to be so worth it because all of this work and all of the back and forth and all of the, the no's on songs and, and, you know, the, the question marks like are going to be worth it because yeah. we took the time and to really get it right. And I think that's the most important thing. And I have such an amazing team that knows that I can get ahead of myself and knows that I can get impatient. And I'm such like a doer, like I need, I need to be doing stuff that they're just really good at, at being the people that are like grace, like, it's, we have to have the right songs because the songs represent you. And we want people to, to not only love it, but that you love it and we all love it. And it's you, you know, we don't want to rush it. And then we put out a song and you're like, God, you know, 10 years later, you're like, why did I do that song? Or mm -hmm. that I didn't even really love that song. I just did it because I needed to get music out. That's not how you should do things at all. Um, but I'm impatient. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll have to keep tabs for when, when that one, if, yeah. you, cut that, if you cut that we'll one. We'll have another chat when, when the sun, the single is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> we do follow-ups. Like we Love don't it. have to just do one and done episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've done uh, some, some duos. Um, Tim, any other questions? 
I have like one or two more before our final question then, because okay. I know we want to let you get on with your Sunday uh, and things, but uh, then if we didn't, didn't hit anything and, and you want to yeah. throw it in, but Tim, any other questions you want to ask Grace before we? Um, I think I'm good for now. I think I asked yeah. anything I wanted to. I think I'm good here. Okay. I have uh, one, just like uh, any dream collaborations that like oh, yeah. do like a piece with anyone that's so hard because there's so will many it into existence today grace i would love one of my collaborations i mean shania twain is a mm. dream collab i really i would love to like go on tour with the chicks someday i think that would be insane honestly any 90s country artist but like i think if i did like a song with someone shania um Oh my God. There's so many. I hate to like pick, pick. You can't believe you make me do that. I know. That. It's a mean question. Shania. I think I just have to say her because okay. I mean, cause there's, other, I mean, but then I love, I love Casey. I love Leanne Rimes. Oh my God. She would be someone I would die to meet. I haven't I would heard just Leanne die. Rimes in years. Mm. I would die to meet her. Oh my gosh. I was so obsessed with her. I still am. I just think she's incredible. She just seems like the coolest person. I'd love to write a song with Maren Morris. I think she's insane. She's and Casey Musgraves. I think they're just ridiculous writers. Um, yeah. There's a lot. Okay. Fair enough. Shania. Shania. Yeah, we'll say Shania. Um, that, would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Then like one selfish one. So say someone has like played some instruments his whole life. This is for a friend. Asking for a friend. Um, mm. Played a few things isn't the greatest singer does some decent impersonations um, again for a friend, but <laughs> wants to at least be good enough, like campfire songs and like, not like get a record deal, but like, Oh yeah, we want him. Cause like, he's pretty decent. Can kind of sing, play some guitar, but a good bonfire, like jam. Like how does someone improve some vocals that like say they just can't get a vocals coach right now? Um, where should someone start? Okay, so Tim, where we should start is <laughs> just kidding. Um, I think I think How did you um, know? <laughs> it's so obvious. Um, I think if so you're you're asking like vocal, like singing wise? Yeah, like because again, my buddy, he can impersonate people, but it's like probably not the greatest standalone, just his own voice singing. Yeah. I think I think the best thing is to I think recording yourself as cringy as it is Ugh, as awkward yep. as it is that really does make you so much better because I I do that all the time and I and I hate it but I still do it I also do I did it a lot with American Idol I would take videos of myself and hear how I sounded especially a cappella mm. um and, and, or just take a voice memo and pick your favorite song, either play it on guitar or practice singing it and record it and then listen back and then say, okay, did, you know, where did, did that sound good? Or maybe play it for other people and just kind of get their opinion. I think that's a great place to start. But also I think, I mean, I think everyone can use vocal lessons. If you're really serious about getting like mm. someone if this friend is really serious about improving, <laughs> improving their voice, 
I still take vocal lessons. I, and I do vocal exercises every single day. It's you're a trainer. So it's the same thing. It's the same, it's a muscle and you can train it and you can get it in shape. Food and diet is huge for me too, but, um, that's the same thing, food and exercise and sleep. Um, but I think, I think just practicing and I think, um, just picking, picking a few of your favorite songs, um, I think is a really good place to start. Okay. He really appreciates it. I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if he feels really good, you can send me the recording and I'll definitely give you my honest feedback. He'll have to think about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, before, like, so we have our final question. We always ask like everyone that comes on the show, but anything else you want to leave people with any final thoughts, something we didn't touch on that, that you want to run through? Well, I just want to say thank you. I mean, I'm just so I, I'm honored to be a part of off the dome radio and it's, it's, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. And I think just a platform that is wanting to inspire and motivate and educate, um, especially us three being people that, you know, have, have strayed away from the corporate world and wanted to build our own businesses and build our own lives. I think that is something that is scary. And I think my biggest thing that I, I like to leave people with is that the fear is a good thing and that it, it only pushes you and being, and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is such an amazing way to live because when you do stuff that's uncomfortable, it just makes it so much worth it when so much more worth it when you succeed or, or you learn something. So um, I just think what you guys are doing is great. And I'm just so happy to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to keep, keep you guys updated on my journey and, and stay updated on what you guys are doing. And awesome. yeah, I'm just, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate thank you. It. Yeah. We appreciate your time. Like, I know it's Sunday. Yeah. You're always on. You're riding. You know, it's so it's one of those things. It's like, oh, got to be on again. So, yeah, thank you for for hanging with us. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, of we course. just have to talk to people doing it like on their terms. Yeah, and, and they love it too. So, um, all right, we like to ask uh, when it's all said and done, Grace is gone. How do you want to be remembered? Oh my goodness! I know it got deep real quick. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I think I want to, I want to be remembered as someone who lifted people up. I want to be remembered as someone who made people happy and someone who motivated and inspired. Um, yeah. I want to be remembered as a, as a role model, really as someone who can, and not a role model in terms of like being perfect, but just being, real and being me and, and, um, and allowing people the, you know, the ability to, to do things that scare you and to, to know that, you know, I don't know that life kind of what you were saying has a blessing and a curse and to kind of look at the brighter side of things. Um, but I think all in all, I just want to be remembered for making people happy. Mm, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you think. Wolf. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, where can people uh, find you? Social media. Oh, like you can find me at Grace Lear Music um, on Instagram and Facebook. I don't really use Twitter, but go ahead. I don't really use TikTok, <laughs> but that's Grace Lear Music as well. Just Grace Lear Music. Um, yeah. I appreciate just the support and everything. Um, it's a crazy ride. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
we appreciate it again. Thank you again. Um, yeah, thank, we'll, you, thank we'll, you. I hope I yeah. gave you enough. I hope I. Oh, you did. Yeah, definitely learned. There's a lot. probably a few good things we could. Yeah. Clip. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I talk way too much. So no, I was it was perfect. About that. that was a lot of fun. Good. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you guys. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. I'm excited to see your your cooking this week, Colin. Yep. Oh man. Yep, it's On going up. Spot Published. You're gonna do it. Between cooking, I gotta tell my buddy's gotta send music to a famous artist already. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. about wolf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Thank All right. you so much again. Enjoy Thank your Sunday. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, yep, you, you too. too. Take care. Bye. See you.